Dorinda Medley, an entrepreneur and cast member of The Real Housewives of New York, once said, Money shouts, wealth whispers. Chad Kent whispers. He speaks softly and never too much. His work, however, shouts at the highest possible measures of amplification. Growing up on Anguilla, Chad had dreams. Big dreams. While walking home from school one day, he asked his friend, Do you ever feel like we were put here on Earth for a bigger purpose than we think? His friend said yes, and advised that whatever he wanted to accomplish, he had to speak it into existence. That conversation put things into perspective for Chad, and unearthed an even stronger desire within him to succeed. Chad wanted to be a successful music producer. His mother noticed that he had a flair for the art form at an early age, and encouraged him to pursue his dream. His mother's support was a huge plus, but Chad was also in luck. His teenage years saw the advent and subsequent popularity of internet chat rooms. While others were joining chat rooms to meet strangers from other countries or even find dates, Chad's focus was the total opposite. Even as a teen, he was wise enough to use these platforms to meet older and more successful music producers from around the world. Imagine their surprise when they found out that these incredible beats were being sent to them by a teenager on a tiny island in the Caribbean. Chad would eventually use some of the relationships formed with his friends from the internet and parlay them into a contract with one of hip-hop's top managers, Julian Booth. After years of producing sounds for some of hip-hop's biggest names, as well as TV shows and commercials, he returned to his native Anguilla to continue his adventure. Today, he produces reggae and soca upon occasion. However, Chad has found a new obsession. Filmmaking. As uncanny as it may seem, Chad is as excellent a cinematographer and editor as he is a music producer. With several music videos under his belt, Chad has become the talk of the town, having worked behind the camera for some of Soka's top-tier artists. But Chad is never comfortable. He has his sights set on doing even more. This is the story, thus far, of Chad Kent. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. He is a music producer and a music video director on his way to becoming and solidifying himself as one of the kings of Caribbean music video directors. Chad Kent, welcome to Planet 30. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now tell us, Chad, what was 10-year-old Chad listening to? 10-year-old Chad, man. Um... <laughs> Ten year old child was listening to basically anything that caught my ear. My mom played a lot of music in the house, so I was listening to that. Yeah, the I would say the the stuff on uh, like BET after schools and stuff like that. So, so uh, was it predominantly hip hop? Um, 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my friend in in school introduced me to hip hop at a very young age. Um, that's my friend Joe. And you know, back then it was like cassettes and stuff like that. So cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> so he would um you know bring me these cassettes and I would listen to um these new acts. He would tell me to check out and whatnot. Who was who was popping at that time? Mm, I would say that would be like you know like Puff Daddy and that whole era right there. Mm. So when did you first come into contact with the the concept of producing music? Like when when did you take it from being a fan to hey I, I could I could I could make these sounds I can make these sounds too. Right, right, right. Um, in high school, uh, me and Diction, that's my good friend Diction. We had like a little rap group we had formed along with Mr. Adams, who was a teacher at the school, and Nakishma. Huh. And, yeah. Oh, we had a, a rap group. Was this Trade Winds? Trade Winds, exactly. <laughs> and basically, the whole production thing came about because we needed beats, right? And I figured, why not try to make my own beats and see if anybody likes them, wants to use them. Um, and yeah, um, Mr. Adams would use them. My friend Diction would use them. And that's pretty much how it started. But going back, I always I always had um, the ear for music, I think, at mm-hmm. a very young age. Um, I remember my mom, she bought a toy piano for my brother and i remember like trying to play different songs on that by ear and that's when she also realized that i had an ear for music as well and um you know listening to songs i would i, I realized that i listened to songs differently i would listen more to the sounds that were in the songs mm-hmm. so yeah i think it it started at a younger age than i i actually realized now what program were you using when you d- decided to start uh, experimenting with beats? Right. So I started using FL Studio, uh, Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops. As it, <laughs> Fruity Loops, as it was called back then before they changed the name to make it sound more pro- pro- professional. So I started using that. And it's funny because I actually started using the trial version. I didn't have the full version. So the, the trial version, you weren't able to save. Oh, right? no. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you had to make your beat and export it right away. You didn't have a chance to come back the next day and change it or any of that. So that's how I started out. So it's kind of like you, you, you had to learn how to be quick on the draw. or Yeah, pretty much. I guess it, and, it was a disciplined and, teacher, you know, because... You'd have to sit down and finish the beat. <laughs> yes, exactly. It it forced you to be in the moment and not like you know. Now I would have the chance to go back and change things, but in the moment, in those moments, I would just you know go off the vibe I was feeling right then and there. Right. And, yeah. So I'm assuming you started out with hip hop. Uh, did you attempt any other genres in your producing? Um, at the time. 
No, that came a little later. I I, I really loved hip hop. Um, I was listening to you know a lot of uh, like Eminem was really hot at the time and Ja Rule and stuff like that. So I more so I was really into hip hop back then. And and it's very interesting because at that time, of course, uh, you had a lot of guys trying to produce soca beats. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you 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 took that departure and uh, ventured on your own. Now, who were some of the uh, producers that you admired at the time? Man, at the time, um, Eminem for sure. Mm. Um, Eminem, he just had a, a different sound. Um, Dr. Dre, uh, Puff Daddy had his own, you know, that upbeat dance vibe that he brought to it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was Kanye. Right. Kanye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a little later. There was this guy also called, um, Chad Beats, actually. Right. And he used to make beats mainly for like state property and, um, Rockefeller and stuff like that. So his beats, I really love too. Okay, okay. Yeah, Chad like Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, did you reach out to other local artists once you got the hang of it? Like, uh, or was it just uh, for trade wins? Were you exclusive to trade wins? Um, actually, it, it it started with me like wanting to do it for our group, mm-hmm. but. I always, like, shortly after that, like, I really wanted to think outside of Anguilla, you know? Right. And, yeah, I I always had the dream of, you know, going to the States and making a name there. So I actually never used to play my beats, really, for for anybody here. Um, So what gave you that hunger and drive at that age? um, You know what? I... I okay. Let's take it back to this one conversation. I always re- remember this conversation I had with my friend. We were walking home, and I turned to him and I said, "I asked him, you ever felt like you were made, created to do something great, like you do something different, be different, do something other than this that we're doing right now, be here?" And he was like. He told me whatever you, basically what the, your tongue, whatever you say, brings things into fruition, right? And I always remember that he said that to me. So I, me being a person as well, I never doubted myself. I always felt like um, anything was possible. I don't know where that came from, but that's the way that I was feeling. So, um I, I very quickly, I was looking outside of here and wanting to be on the bigger scale with things. Mm. So which brings me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a story that very little know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. tell, tell us about your infamous journey into being accepted by by the by a hip hop label in the states you you can explain it but but I, I just know the tip of the iceberg about right, you making right. phone calls after school what what's that about right 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 okay so 
basically, um, I discovered that there were a lot of like groups online, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like forums where producers would get together and talk, share ideas. Uh, also, like ENRs from the labels and whatnot would come on there and they would, you know, look for talent and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I would go on these forums and make friendships. And and you're a, te- you're a teenager at this time? Yeah, I was a teenager at this time. <laughs> so you're in these forums with 20 and 30-year-olds? <laughs> well, no, actually, no. Nah, they, they were very young dudes. Okay. Well, the, the A&Rs and, you know, labor reps and stuff, they were, yeah, like in their 20s, you could say. But they were, you know, up-and-coming dudes who wanted to be... It, it, like, the, formal, the forum was called Future Producers. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, yeah, it started on that. And I would, you know, send my beats to the, the label reps and stuff like that. Sometimes they would give you feedback. Sometimes they wouldn't answer. And then it went on to, you know, people would give you connections. They would give you, um, you know, like, be like, hey, I know this guy from so-and-so label or whatnot. And I would, you know, email them. And then there was a actually a, kind of like a conference thing that I discovered where you would go on this conference mm-hmm. and it was like an A&R and you had the chance to play your beat, like, in a line. So, like, it would, let's say it was, like, five producers, right? Producers and artists. Right. So he would be listening on the other side, and then he would give you his feedback. And this was all um, online? Yeah. Ev- everything, well, the phone call was, you know, a regular phone call. Okay, gotcha. All of this was, yeah. Uh, so where I got my break, though, was... I had met two producers. One, well, both of them were from Germany. And they were two guys who had reached out to me and they were like, hey, you know, just not really on a let's get signed deal. It was just kind of like a friendship. Right. And then later on, one of my friends had signed to a management company. And, you know, he was doing his thing he was getting placed with certain artists on labels and he introduced me to um the manager fred butoha mm-hmm. and he kind of took me under his wing and you know we, he he was kind of like a mentor to me well not kind of he was definitely a mentor to me he would tell me all about the business and explain a lot of things for me right and then I decided that I was gonna move to the states so these guys were these guys were communicating with you on uh via phone and online this entire time yes right yes so I at the time um Diction you know he was in the states and he was doing his thing up there, and he had the whole out-the-box movement. And I was a really big fan and supporter of these guys. We, you know, um, 
were all making music together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hit him up and I was like, yo, I really want to come up to the States. Uh, what, what, what's the deal? You have somewhere, what's going on? And he was like, yo, just say the word, you can come stay with me, right? Mm-hmm. So I went, I quit my job. <laughs> what, were, what were you doing at the time? I was at um, Flow. I was working at, well, it was Lime back then. Right. Okay, the phone company. Yeah, I was a, a customer service rep. Well, the the phone guy who did would you, answer. Did your, did, your family, did your family think you were absolutely insane for quitting your job? <laughs> um, not really. Uh, my mom always wanted me to go to the States because, um, like, my dad had given me my rights, but I was still here mm-hmm. in Anguilla, right? So she always wanted me to go and pursue um, something in the States. Okay. Right. So I went up there and, uh, oh, wait, let's just backtrack for a moment. So right before I went, there was the, the situation with Ayaz and the whole out the box group popping off at the time. Right. I heard you, you, you had, you had a part to play in that entire deal okay so i was kind of the 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 communicator in that situation um i had met a guy by the name of brennan sayer i met him online and at the time we had the well diction and ayaz they had the song island girls right so i had hit him up and i sent him the song and it was just like yo what you think of the song and he was like this is great you know he was all in he was like yo i gotta i gotta send this to all my people at the time i had no idea the major players that he was talking about but he was like yo i gotta send this to my people you guys are awesome i, I want to get you guys signed and he had sent it to the guys at Beluga Heights. Uh, J.R. Rotham and crew. Yes, exactly. And they, those guys, they loved the song, but and they loved Ayaz in particular. Right? So, yeah, they, they it just so ended up that Ayaz was the one who got signed. Um, and, yeah, shortly after that, I went to the States, and we were all it was like a group, right? We were all working together. Uh, was in this was in Orlando, right? And so that's so, how that's how Sean Oh Beluga Heights, Sean Kingston. I asked, okay, now I see the chain of now I see the chain yes. of how that happened. Yes, yes, right. So, um, so I went to Orlando, and we were all working together, and then I went down to, well, no, actually my, my friends that I told you about earlier from Germany, they were making some moves and they had reached out to me and it was like, yo, Chad, um, you know, we are dealing with this guy, Julian, and, you know, we got some placements going on and we want to, you know, incorporate you in that. And this is Julian Booth. 
Yes, Julian Booth from uh, Miami. Now from Love, was, now also from Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> yeah, you people who would know him from Love and Hip Hop, he's a guy who is managing um, Amara Little Negra and Trina, Pleasure P, and those guys. Uh, so I really, at the time, even though I was producing, I really wanted to do A&R work. Ah. So I, yeah. So I had asked my, well, he was my manager then. He, Fred had was managing me and the two other guys. So I asked him to set up a meeting with him to, you know, potentially A&R for Slip and Slide Records. Right. And so I, I went down to meet him. He was like, yeah, sure, come in, we'll talk and whatnot. And I went down there, and I, I, he, he was really feeling the vibes. And then he asked me to play some music, so I played him some beats and whatnot, some songs I had done. And he was like, "Yo, I really like. I, I, I really think you could be a really good A and R, but I also want you to work with me with some production, right?" So I was like, "Oh, wow, okay, that's 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 dope too. I'll do that for sure." Um, you won't hear no from me. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, yeah, I I basically was working with him. He was another very pivotal mentor in my life too. Um, he showed me a whole lot of things. Took introduced me to people you wouldn't even believe, and. So I, w- I would bring him like artists um, from the Caribbean that I believed in or in the States as well. Uh, it, whether it was just getting hooks, uh, writing songs, making beats, whatever it was. And then on top of that, I was producing as well for him, for his roster that he had at the time. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so... Um, basically, that's how it, everything started. Well, um, question, question for you. Who was on the roster at the time? At the time, they had, let's see, I believe they had Briscoe. Okay. They had a guy called, quote, um, what, what, when I said roster, I meant, um, more so his camp though. Right. Right. At the time, he wasn't managing Trina. Trina also was on Slip and Slide, so we were working on that. Um, who else? And I like a, a new a couple new like talents that they had signed that really weren't like out there as yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who have you so who have you produced for in the hip hop world? In the hip hop world. I have, you mean on a whole or during that time? Oh, no, on a whole. On a whole. Uh, okay, on a whole, in regards to hip-hop, I've done projects with Two Pistols. He's a guy, I don't know if you remember that guy, he sang the song, She Got It with T-Pain. Yes. Right. I, I worked with him. Um, I had I done a song with Pitbull. Okay. I did a song with I've worked with Trina. 
I've worked with, uh, let's see. I've worked with Trina. I've worked with, I did, uh, actually did a song with Omarion that never came out. Uh, I did a couple of records on OT Genesis first, um, project that he did. And he, and he, and he became huge. Yeah, he was really huge. Uh, I've done, I did a song with Sean Kingston, Ayaz, of course, Rick Ross, I did something. But yeah. the, the thing is, is like how I did records with people that I like heard about them doing a record. But, you know, how, how it works is they just, re- in the industry, they just record songs all the time, right? Yeah. So um, then you find out if it's going to make the album or it's going to be a single and whatnot. So there were a couple people that I heard had done records. Oh, uh, well, this isn't hip hop, but like Cat Deloon, I did something with. Oh, I, mean, well, I, I mean, artists in general it didn't have to be just hip hop. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cat DeLuna, uh, I did, well, <laughs> I did uh, like a, a track with. Um, that didn't really work out with Wayne Wonder as well. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Well, we did a track also with um, Genesis, OT Genesis and Safari as well too. So Chad, you, you transitioned from doing music for songs and you expanded into commercials for television. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So one of the, the songwriters I was working with, he was doing a lot of that at the time and he was telling me you know chad is is like easy money um i know this um publishing company that they work with him and they get him placed on tv and stuff like that so when he told me about it i was like oh sure let's let's do it you know and basically he just said like whatever you got um, you just sent it to him, spoke to the guy, um, sent him some tracks for him to review, and they were like, yeah, we're interested. And, yeah, basically, like, a lot of the, a lot of, um, like, VH1 stuff, BET, like, more more of the, like, reality docuseries type stuff. Right, so you guys would create the, the backtracks for those. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I got, I was one time the main song for it was a, oh man, I don't remember, but it was like a one of those shows that you would like dance and they would see who's the best and whatnot. Okay, like a basically, basically one of those dance shows that was like The Voice, but for dance. Yeah, yeah, got pretty it. much. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that was on the. I, th- I believe it was the old network. Is that Oprah's? I believe. Uh, yes. The old, oh, the old network. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I believe it was on that that station. Okay, okay. I got to look that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can send it to you. For sure. So who, who are some of the producers? Well, before I ask you that, um, speak, speak about, and this is very important for aspiring producers to hear talk about the business side of being a producer and why that's important because you mentioned commercials and 
you know, getting your royalties from that, of course. Speak to the business side of being a producer. Man, honestly, the business side is like 80% of being a producer. Like, having the talent and making beats is one thing, but, like, you really need to know what you're doing or at least have someone around you who knows what they're doing because you definitely could be taken advantage of. Uh, I've had, like, in the, the, the beginning, had, like, people, like, steal my beats, recreate the beats, and no. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's real serious. So it's very important for you to learn the business. So I was lucky enough to have those guys around me who, you know, we would talk for, like, hours hours and hours just about you know the royalties splits everything so um it's very important i remember Ludacris said he he bought a book <laughs> he said he bought a book how to what was it how to be a rapper or something like that it may sound silly but it's, it's listens is very 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 important if you want to make it big wow wow now who are some of the, the producers that you look up to? I mean, Kanye is is like one of the top, not just because of you know what he's done, like production wise, just the fact that he's been able to take it to so many different places. Um, the Neptunes had you know their own sound. Um, just Blaze, Dr. Dre. Um, yeah, like back then, the good thing was that I feel like everybody had their own sound. Right, right. Right. Uh, I mean, not knocking what's going on right now, because I love a lot of the stuff that's going on right now, but it kind of seems like a lot of this stuff is is very similar. Mm -hmm. And I feel like back then, like, especially as producers, like, you got more props for being different you know what i mean yeah yeah now describe your style as a producer what's your what's your aesthetic are you more classical are you more new york hard drums what's your style um i i would say okay here's the thing right when i when i was working with these labels and stuff like that i because of the guys that i was with they were like making like electronic music, right? Mostly electronic music and pop. Right. So I found that being around them and trying to get those pop placements that I kind of became like my song was even though it was it was like hip hop, it was still it still had like pop influences. Of course, there were like 100% pop records that I did too, but I would say it's kind of a mixture of um, I was like down south hip hop, pop mixed with a li- with a little bit of Caribbean influence. Got it. So in terms in the instruments you use, in terms of the yes, yes, got it, got it. Now you recently did a few cuts on Trina's album. How did that? How did that come about? To be honest, that 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 was really easy because um, 
my well I, I didn't say this before but Julian also became my manager too okay right so he was managing me and you know we remain really good friends like to this day so it was as simple as just sending him a message and being like yo I got some records for Trina um they played them for Trina and I believe yeah Rico Love was uh, executive producing the album at the time mm-hmm. so they had to you know play it for him as well too so once they liked it yeah they, it was a go and how many cuts did you have I originally originally had three but it got went down to one okay track yeah who are some of the current artists um, you know especially some of the newer ones that you could see yourself working with in here or oh no in in uh in in the wider world i i should say okay i would really love to work with kelani ah. i really like her yeah i really like kelani um in terms of hip-hop i would say well this is i guess he's hip-hop i, I would love to work with like tory lanes right right now i can't really think of anybody though but there's it's just a bunch of people that I, I am inspired by and love that are part of the game right now. Mm, awesome, awesome. Now tell you moved back to the Caribbean at some point and started producing of all things soca. So you went from hip hop R and B to soca. Uh, what, what was that transition like? Um, it, it wasn't really like a, a plan. I I just like I'm a I'm a fan of. Um, I've always been a fan of Daji, Daddy Haji and, you know, his his stuff that he does and, you know, um, all the, the, like, Marvelous and those guys. So I just, I was trying to see if I could, you know, make Soka, but it, for some reason, it always came out with still, like, like a crossover kind of song mm-hmm. um, with a little bit of R&B or hip-hop and whatnot. And it's funny because my boy Genie used to like make fun of me a little bit, and he was like, "Yo, you gotta, you gotta put a little bit of Caribbean in it, a little bit more this, a little bit more that." So, yeah, I was just you know experimenting and and, and seeing if I could do it because I love all music, you know. And ended up with a couple of hits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wasn't expecting that, but that that was really dope too. <laughs> So, Chad, uh, the love of music at some point brought you to music videos. Uh-huh. Was that always a plan, or, or were you inspired by something that said, hey, I'm going to give a rest, I'm going to rest uh, producing music, and I want to do visuals now? Right. Okay, so even at the time that I was in the States, right, I would always admire um the visual side of um the music scene right and i i paid a lot of attention to especially the guys in the caribbean mm-hmm. who were doing um you know music videos and just just film in general um so that i my main reason was to contribute to the music scene in Anguilla. Right. Right, because I I felt like 
there's no reason why we shouldn't have, you know, even if they're not really big budget music videos, films, there's no reason why we shouldn't have that quality that we can push outside of Anguilla and market ourselves. So that was the main reason behind it is I wanted to help, you know, the local artists and stuff like that. So you started shooting events. Was that strategic to, to sort of get yourself warm in terms of editing and shot selection, etc.? Yeah, so in regards to events, that also was something that I felt that I can contribute contribute to. Um, you know, we had really good events, and I, I just felt like, you know, it would be good to expose them to the world as well. So um, I the first event I remember doing is... Uh, the boat ride, you know, the back then it was the Panther Vibes one. Yeah, yeah, okay, yes. Right, so I had reached out to um, my bro, O'Leary, and I was like, yo, you know, I really want to do start doing events and stuff like that to help you guys out. And he was like, yeah, come. And I did it, and everybody loved it, so <laughs> that's the way I was kind of... It, it, at the time, I... It kind of like brought itself to me, in a sense, because I I never, even though I wanted to help out, I still wanted to you know move forward and do other things. But since the people loved it so much, and I saw that it was helping out the people, I felt like I had to, you know, continue doing it. And continue, you did. <laughs> um, yeah. At, at one point, and st- probably still is so. Uh, I remember Chad being the event guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, you know, it was it was really fun. I mean, it still is really fun. It's I, I love interacting with the people. I love seeing the response it gets afterwards. I love the fact that you know it helps Anguilla and our our event scene that we have here, our party scene, our you know our culture. And yeah, it's it's really good to be appreciated for you know my contribution for sure. So Chad, um, here's an interesting one. What business advice do you have for filmmakers who are trying to enter the business? What business advice? Yes. Um, the do's and honestly, the don'ts. Do's and don'ts. Um. Okay, uh, a lot of people, I realize, they focus a lot on what what gear do I get? I need to get this gear. I need to get this computer. I need to get these lights. I need to do this. I need to do that. But the reality is you just, like, with, with whatever you have, you just go out there and shoot. Go out there and shoot, practice, do free stuff. Um like doing free things in the beginning was a major part of, you know, me getting recognized as well too. Um, yeah, just just go out, shoot, practice, 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 um, research, learn. Um, how, but how do you yeah. how, how do you transition from being the free event guy to charging? Because many times people sort of expect, oh, you did that person's for free. 
Uh, you can do mine for free. So how do you transition out of that in terms of knowing your value? Well, yeah, for me, I, I just started to realize, hey, there's there's value in what I'm doing, right? Um, and that came, actually, that came from people approaching me and being like, yo, what would you charge to do this? And so it became a whole new discussion. You were like, charge? I was like, what? It's like charge? You want me to, you want to pay me to do this? I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I, I think that kind of, hap- that happens naturally, I think, as a filmmaker, as you start to, to make a name for yourself, then the people recognize and they want to pay you to do it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit, back into the music space. Um what advice would you have for up and coming producers? I mean, obviously, you know the forums that you would have uh, started in—they don't—they they don't quite exist anymore. So, how how does a, a, a new and upcoming teenager who wants to be a producer uh, break break the break the, the the ceiling to get into that space? Right. Okay. So, right now, honestly, the the internet is the key. Um. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there, put yourself out there, reach out to everybody who you can. Like a lot of people, you know, they they hesitate to reach out. They don't want to seem desperate. They don't want to. But at the end of the day, you got to realize like there are dudes who are like up there sleeping in outside of offices and, you know, because they're hungry. Right. So you have to. Honestly, if you want to make it, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. And a big part of that right now, well, uh, uh, something that you can definitely utilize right now is the internet. You have SoundClouds, you have, you know, YouTube. Um, yeah, if, if, you, if you know somebody that's, another thing, if you know somebody that's good, but they're not, you know, signed yet, or you can see the potential, like reach out to that person, work, you know, work together. And You're talking about artists. Yeah. Okay. Artists, songwriter, because the thing about that is, um, a lot of the times you can create a sound with that artist. You are, if that artist gets signed and you're now known as the person who helped in propelling the artist. So you, yeah, you, you just have to be willing to put yourself out there and put yourself around the right people. Now, you said something very interesting. You said SoundCloud and YouTube. I know a lot of young producers that are afraid to put their stuff out there because, like you mentioned, it might get stolen or, you know, mm-hmm. how am I going to collect royalties if I put it out for free? So how, how do you create that balance between putting it out to advertise yourself and not cheating yourself of opportunities, if, if you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. Okay, so you have to... It's, it's really good to register your work, right? Whether that be BMI or ASCAP. Um, that protects you from those situations where if you discover uh, your music being 
stolen, then you can, you know, pursue that legally. Um, but also, nothing from nothing is nothing, nothing. right? <laughs> so, so if 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 you're worried about like somebody who's not really doing anything, stealing your beats, or you know, I wouldn't really worry about that too much. Is is more important to put yourself out there and have the possibility of somebody seeing your stuff and uh you know that that could potentially change your life mm-hmm. indeed indeed yeah so back into the film uh arena mm-hmm. tell us about your editing technique it, you are an, an incredible editor thanks, man. thanks. Where, where did you where did you uh so who influenced you and where did you sort of come up with your own style of editing? You're talking about film, right? Film, yeah, yeah. Back in the film arena. Right. Honestly, I, I wouldn't say anybody influenced me, to be honest. Um, when I started, it was just kind of like uh, everything I, I learned on YouTube, right? Right. So um, I would I don't think there was a whole lot of, um, you know, right now they're, they're like more of the, so I, I, I learned on YouTube, right? And basically I would, if there was something that I wanted to do, then I would go on YouTube and simply type in how to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do, I don't know, I want to slow it down or do a speed ramp or something like that. How to do this right and like other stuff i just learned by myself just you know experimenting experimentation right because the, the good thing about it is like you can't do anything wrong right right yeah you can't you can't do anything wrong like you can just experiment and some of the things i did by mistake to be honest and it turned out great. Then people tell me, yo, that's really sick. And I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah I planned that yeah, the whole time. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, honestly, I just, you know, I just learned on my own. And I guess I developed my own style. People tell me that. Um, I, I obviously don't see it because I, I don't know. But, yeah, that's. That's how it was. Experimentation. It I remember my early days with Final Cut. Like, oh, that's what that does? <laughs> right, right. But uh, apart from the, now that you said that, the apart from editing, like you guys were, you know, you and the Joe's Veeks and you had like Lunatic and St. Martin, like those were guys, all of you guys were guys that I looked up to as well. You know? Oh, thanks. So, yeah, man. We were just trying to do our thing at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, always, uh, it's all about evolution. You know what I mean? Because you have to each one teach one, each one reach one, and and, and that's how things evolve. You know what I mean? Um, there were in, incredible cinematographers and writers and producers in the '60s that influenced the guys in the eighties and and then yeah, influenced the guys in the nineties. And now we're in, in 2010s and that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's how the yeah. art, how the art form grows, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. So, definitely. Um, so Chad, tell me what what are you as a as a as a director, uh, editor, um, what are some of your favorite movies of all time? Okay, so some of my favorite movies of all time. I really this is gonna sound crazy and a lot of people don't know about this, but my favorite movie of all time is The Last Dragon. Mm. I don't know if you know what that is. Bruce Leroy. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my favorite. I'm an eighties kid, um, man. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite movie of all times. And I think it has to do with the fact that number one, the eighties is like my favorite era of music, right? Yeah. Oh, same here, same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went into so, a deep dive of uh, Cindy Lauper and Madonna the other day. I mean, it's just incredible the melodies that they were creating. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 like where my love started too. Like for music, like early, because my mom would like play a lot of those eighties stuff. Um, we, my mom, we live with a uh, guy. She took care of this guy from the states for mm-hmm. a while. So he had a lot of like records and like she would play them like loud in the house. So that's where that started. But yeah, Bruce Leroy, man, The Last Dragon, like music was a a big part of the movie too. Yes, indeed. And just the vibe that the music created, it was just so, so cool to me. And I still like try to get everybody (laughs) that I am close with to watch it. Uh, of course, when they hear about it, they think I'm crazy. But no, I, I, that was one of my faves as a kid. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. <laughs> what is the best thing about being a filmmaker? The best thing, um, I love the reaction that people have. I love when you know people say like oh man i gave me goosebumps because like when i when i make films i aim to create a feeling no i want you to feel something right so when that when i'm successful with that like that makes me really happy um i also in in terms of like commercials and stuff like that i love to help people as well um so when I get that response like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Or, oh, I'm crying right now. Like that, that makes me day. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. If you could direct an episode of any current television show, which show would it be? Mm, that's a good question. Can I, can I give you a couple? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I would do Dexter. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I would do Dexter. I would do Breaking Bad. I recently got into Fargo, this show called yeah, Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. <laughs> right. I would love to do some, one of those too. Fargo. And maybe something funny like, uh, what's the, what's the, what are those two? Oh, man. Is it Key and Peel? Yeah, Key and Yeah, I would love to do <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My favorite Key and Peele, I think, to this day is still um, the Angry Teacher. Ah, uh, I never saw that one. Oh I man, when when, when he's missed, uh, when he's not pronouncing the kids' names correctly, <laughs> love it, love it. I, oh I, yes, I did see that. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> that was crazy. My favorite one is the well, one of my favorites is the the um the guy who 
the cop who masturbates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. P and Peel. Chad, yeah. which one of your projects is your favorite? My projects? Um, I think... Uh, I, I don't remember which one this was. I want to say maybe that's the third Eyes Wide Shut video that I edited. Mm, the after movie. Yeah. I really just because like it the vibe that it had that time i think that was the second one that i did and it not so much about the edit it's just like thinking back about how it felt to the be time, there at that time yeah yeah, the yeah, moment. It, yeah it was it was so awesome man like the the togetherness and I remember being on the stage and just like the rumbling of like the drums and it was awesome. So when I look back at that, like that really, yeah, that one I like a lot. Um, recently I did something that I really love too. The, I did a, uh, like short film for Carmel Gums. Okay. He's a, the a young, yeah, yeah, yeah young brilliant artist. piece. I love that actually. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and, uh, like, recently I've been loving working with the youth that have talent and, you know, want to get it out there, and I want to be able to, you know, put, show the world and then help them believe in themselves as well, too. Right. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Now, here's a. This is probably going to be a very hard question, or maybe not. Uh-huh. Which do you prefer, music or filmmaking? Oh man, I can't. I can honestly, I can't choose between any of them. There's like, like music. Music is my my love, and a big part of filmmaking also is because I love to incorporate music in like most of my films. Oh, right? It enhances it tremendously. Yeah. So. If I had to pick, I would say music, maybe. Music. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's the next big thing for Chad? What is that next big project you're working on? The next big projects? Um, well, right now with this whole, I mean, I was, it's, it's crazy because I was talking to my friend and, well, several friends, I should say. And we were all saying, like, you know, this year was supposed to be, like, really big for all of us. And I was on the verge of, like, making some really great deals, um, both here and overseas. And, like, due to, you know, the COVID-19 right now, everything is slowed down. So, I mean, right now, just depends on how fast that ends hopefully it ends or you know slows down to the point where these things can still happen in the long run i I definitely see myself doing like documentaries uh a lot of like biopic stuff like those things really interest me i would love to tell some of the stories about the the great people of Anguilla, the talents that Anguilla has pushed out and 
yeah, eventually movies and those things. That's the ultimate goal. All right. That was actually my next uh, question, so you already answered that. <laughs> okay. Now, Chad, this is a segment where I like to call The Planet is Yours. Uh, I strap on my spacesuit and I get off the planet and I leave you there alone. Um, tell the people whatever it is you want to tell them. Tell the people whatever I want to tell them. Yo, just believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. If you have a dream, if you have something that you're thinking about doing, like do it, make the step. Even if you don't have the money, do you have people telling you it makes no sense? Like I was a young boy walking the streets of West End, you know, walking to school and I... You know, just a regular island boy here. Nobody would have thought that I would have went to the States, did records with, like, some of the biggest artists or anything like that. But you just have to keep believing in yourself. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I want to say, yeah. Awesome. So, Chad, how do we contact you? Drop your Uh, socials and everything. Right. Okay. So you can you can always shoot me an email, uh, chadkent85 at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to me via my Instagram. That is chadkentvisuals on Instagram. You can DM me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you can hit him up for music production and film production. Exactly. Double exactly. threat. Double threat. <laughs> yeah. Chad, thank you so much for being on the planet with me today. Yo, thank you, man. Thank you for, for having me, for wanting to speak with me. And I know a lot of people have been wondering about exactly what Chad did. The mysterious you know, guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, so hopefully they get an understanding of what it is that I you know, I, I'm the, about the journey and, and, and the current and everything else. Yes, exactly. Thank you once again. And, uh, this has been planet 30. Thank you for listening to this episode of planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at on planet 30. Like us on facebook.com slash planet 30. Our email address is on planet 30 at gmail.com. That's O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com. For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.